Have you ever wondered about how much money people in pop bands make? Usually, those bands are the result of a, a lengthy casting process. Bands like New Edition, New Kids on the Block, even the Backstreet Boys, they're often very talented singers and dancers in their own right, brought together by a powerful manager who then shapes the image of that band, sources the songs and produces the music videos and all the albums which go along with the very powerful image of that band. It, it's a solid formula. It's given us the iconic bands like I just mentioned. But how much money do you make if you're in one of those bands? Let's take the Backstreet Boys, for example. A long, 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 long time ago, one of the guys from Human Nature told me that their manager was reportedly on about a 78% split with the band. 78. So with five people in the band, that doesn't leave much left over. In 1999, the Backstreet Boys famously signed a $60 million deal with Jive Records. And some quick maths that I worked out before I did this show that at 78% of the commission, the manager gets nearly 47 million of that 60. And with five guys in the band, they each receive a little under 2.5 million each. Not a bad whack. But apparently the deal meant that they would only get 30% of that money up front. It's around $750,000. That deal was not their first album deal. They had done albums before that. 60 million versus 750K. Two very, very different figures. But the press reports a $60 million deal. You get 750K. You're also one of the most famous people in the Western world. You cannot leave your house, but for the screaming fans and for the blokes who want to punch you because their girlfriend is one of those screaming fans. I don't know about you, but I definitely wouldn't want it that way. I'm not even sorry. You really only get one chance in life to make a Backstreet Boys joke like that, and I just took it. So, already we've established that being in one of those bands, not as financially awesome as it's, you know, kind of made out to be. So what about a band that's formed as a part of a TV show? They might be so famous that they can't even just go to the shops without being hassled. But do they have enough money to buy groceries when they're down there? Someone who can speak about that firsthand is Belinda Chapel. Belinda was a member of the massive Australian girl group Bardo. Bardo formed in 1999 at the very dawn of reality television, the massive TV series Pop Stars, which aired on us, Channel 7 here in Australia. Pop Stars filmed the entire process, the auditioning of thousands of ladies going down to the top 25, eventually the top five, or as we'll hear today, a top 10, that formed Bardo. Now, from there, these ladies moved into a house together, and we watched every moment of the first three months of being in the band. Bardo released two albums. They were nominated for three ARIA awards. They had two national tours before coming to an abrupt end in 2002. At the time, Bardo consisted of Belinda Chapel, Sophie Monk, Sally Polyronis, and Tiffany Wood. And an official statement at the very last gig they ever did was released to say that Bardo confirmed the mutual decision to end the group's career. Wildly, I was there for their last ever gig. It was at Channel V, the music television station I used to work at. It was the 2nd of May, 2002, and I say that because I've had to go back and re-watch it because I don't actually recall it even happening until I was getting ready for this interview. Look, I'm going to wave my hand generally in the direction of still drinking a lot and not really looking after the PTSD I was dealing with. 
It makes sense that I don't remember it. But when I watch it, I see four women in tears marking the end of what was once a very close band. Belinda has released a book that tells her story about what happened in that band. It's called The Girl in the Band. The end of Bardot was not mutual, and despite the band reportedly earning up to over $20 million, over $25 million in the first 12 months, what the ladies actually got paid was a very long way from that. But it's not all about money. It's a story about friendship, trust, and in some ways, betrayal. Those are three things that I know all of us have had to grapple with at some point in our life. Belinda Chapel is a brilliant human. Her story is one I know you're going to get a lot out of. But first, I'm going to play some ads. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Think about the psychological side of it before you throw yourself into it because so many talented singers, artists, whether they be songwriters, you know, singers, whatever, um, are quite often artistic souls and with that comes sensitivity and anxiety and things like that. Be sure that you definitely want it and then I would say get a lot of help around you if you're going to do it and don't just throw yourself into it. Treat it like a clever, like like a business with, like you are a business and you've got a support around you. So you've got a psychologist or a counsellor or someone you can talk to regularly. You know, you've got that healthy mindset around the work that you're doing and because you are the product. That is singer and author Belinda Chapel. This is Osher Ginsberg better than yesterday? Hello and welcome. This is Better Than Yesterday. 
podcast that's making it better every episode since 2013, learning something new through a conversation with a person who's been through it. Yeah. We're here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mondays and Wednesdays, I'm here with a guest, and Fridays, I'm just here with you. There's over 500 interviews to check out on a Monday, over 200 episodes on a Friday, which I know a lot of people get a lot out of, lots to get stuck into. My name's Osher Ginsberg. I'm a podcaster. I'm a TV host. I'm someone who wrote a lot of what I'm talking to you about right now, sitting in a chair uh, while I got uh, a tire fixed at a Bob Jane today. And uh, while I'm here, I may I remind you that, A, I'm very grateful you're here, so much so that I want to know what you think. We have a listener survey, something we do time to time, just to make sure that I'm on the right track. What more do you need? What more do you want? How can I be better for you? What would you like out of this show? How else do you listen? Like, I'm just trying to make the best show I can for you, and I'd love to know more. If you could take the time, it takes about 10 minutes. The link's in the show notes. That's about all I've got. If you do want to get in touch with me, it's super easy. Send Osher email at gmail.com is my email address. I always love to see where you're listening to the show. It'd be fantastic to see. Let's get into the chat. This is what happened when Belinda Chapel came around to my place. I hadn't seen you in such a long time. And then I knew you were coming here, but like about a week ago, I saw you in a lift. No, that was weird. <laughs> No. And the last time I saw you probably was like on stage when Bardo did their final concert, wasn't it? Probably. Yeah, it would be. I've got to tell you, Belinda, mm. I got sent that footage getting ready for this. <laughs> I have absolutely no recollection. Of being that there? That happened. <laughs> None at all. That. That's funny. And it's not even, and- it's not even idle times. Like I don't remember the second season of Idol mm. at all. Right. But I, I, I don't. Recall being there. No, it's so funny. That happening. I would have very vague memories of it too, but then obviously it got uploaded on YouTube many, many years ago and I've seen it. And people send it to me all the times so and I end up watching it. Right. Probably more times than I need to. I've probably watched it like five times over the last 20 years or something. But I, I, wa- I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so, like, A, like, and then I started to remember, like, what was going on in my life. It's like, oh, that's probably why I didn't remember it. Um, it was a lot happening. But, it was extraordinarily emotional. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. For me, I, I wasn't so much emotional. Tiff was. I think I was in shock a bit. I hadn't really, you know, processed what was actually going on. Yeah, at that time. Yeah. You've been very honest in your book. I was just struck now knowing what was going on. I was, A, how brave it was that you all went did that. I don't even know why I turned up. Should have just said, sorry, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's it, it's interesting because I only just the other day had, you know, Ben and Chris from Silverchair sitting right there and they they never got a chance to say goodbye mm. to their fan base. Yeah, right. They never got to do a gig. Yeah, so that's sad. That you knew what you knew and mm. how you'd been told things were ending and then Mm. you still showed up on stage on television. Yeah, I know. With these four other people and others who weren't on stage with you and did the gig. I know. I know. I I just, and and honestly, I think I was definitely doing the, the, the denial. Like I hadn't, I hadn't processed any of it actually. And then when Tiffany started crying, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. The, part the band's finished, we were told two days ago or whatever. <laughs> wow. And then you kind of felt like, wow, we did all that for what? 
like we just worked so hard and I was so passionate about song and dance. Like that was just my, you know, was my passion since a little, you know, since I was really young. So, yeah, it just sort of felt like why? Like, you know, why did I put so much passion into something that was just going to be over? And I just didn't see it coming, you know. <laughs> so it was yeah. very much. It was a very. Is it, it? You couldn't even describe that time in music or television to anyone who is very in, different starting in musical television mm, today. So true. The way the money comes into it mm-hmm. and who controls the levers is completely different. Now. Yes, and also it was just before the digital age in yeah. music, which is a big thing, um, a massive change for the industry. Yeah, and people, you know, went. Uh, you know, travelled long distances sometimes to get their, to save up their $29 and get their album of the year or album of the, you know, halfway through the year. It's kind of like I can only afford this. This was my, this is my purchase. And it was a big deal. And you would sit and you would cherish that album and you would listen to every song. <laughs> and know so, every word and on know the line every of notes. Word. And yep. it was just, it was a beautiful time. I think it, that, that was special, you know, that mm-hmm. people really, you know, savoured music and appreciated it. Yeah. The, yeah. I, that I have in my pocket at all times every nearly every single piece of recorded music yeah. in human history yeah is wonderful and terrible at the same time I, I i i miss like this is my car these are the six cassettes that i have in mm-hmm. my car mm-hmm. these are the things i listen to when i drive no, I know. and i know Simple. every note mm-hmm. and it, it led to a that scarcity led to a, a level of knowledge and as you were, the word you used, I love, I, I cherished my relationship with that music mm. because it was the soundtrack to those bits of my life. Mm. And that's the great time warp yep. that music gives you is when you hear that song, I'm there. Mm. If I'm constantly listening to something new that an algorithm feeds me every day, I don't get that. No. But it was a very different time in that it was the very, very beginning, the earliest sniff of reality mm. television. Uh, it was a show called Pop Stars. It mm. was based off a show that had come out of New Zealand and predated Pop Idol, which became uh, both American and Australian and mm-hmm. Azerbaijani Idol, yeah. wherever, Indonesian, wherever, whatever. And so it was, yeah, those first footage we ever saw of like thousands and thousands mm. of people. My girlfriend at the time went and auditioned. Did she? Yeah. And... Like, wh- how do you remember hearing about the audition process? Did you hear about it on the radio? Did you read it in, in, a, in a thing we used to call a magazine? Yeah, a magazine. Really? No, no, I new idea. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. <laughs> I, see what you did. I see what you did there. New idea. Yeah, there it was, a one-pager. Careful. I, I just, you're pregnant. <laughs> I just read. No, not pregnant. I just, well, there's, there's a page that says it. There's a photo of you. I don't really have any Shock. idea, do they? <laughs> Shock pregnancy. <laughs> yep. And they would say your age. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm pregnant. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So you read it in a magazine? Mm. I did. And uh, and then my, because I had an agent at the time who was a really good agent and sending me for all kind of things, but not that, I don't think. Because you were a dance kid, right? I was more a dancer than a yeah. singer. Yeah. I was. Um, Working as a commercial dancer, I was singing in bands, I was modelling when I could get modelling work, and, uh, yeah, that was my world. And what then, does a commercial dancer look like? <laughs> What's I know. that? So back then it was like TV dancing, like what I guess what you would see, like if they needed dancers for anything. Right. Whether it be a singer releasing a song. 
And back then it was very simple. Like now you've got these big production numbers on Idol and where a whole team of dancers will come oh, out. Unmasked, you know. the Square Division guys put together right? the most unbelievable Yeah, yeah so I used things. to work with them way back. Well, I used to dance with them way back. Incredible. Yeah. Ta- unbelievable. And they've talented. gone on to do incredible things. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so we, we, we were the commercial oh, dancers. Yeah, right. me and Ant, and we'd turn up and, right. yeah. So actually, I'm, but I'm older than Ant. I think I was, yeah, I was more a 90s dancer. Yeah, they were more... I think late nineties. So or you, early one, either one of your parents have done the thing. I've most definitely done the thing where you're lugging into some faraway RSL with oh, three yeah. lots of costumes mm-hmm. that cost you five hundred bucks each, and they're like, "Hang on, what? I've got to pay thirty bucks now to come inside? What? <laughs> <laughs> Such a racket!" Well, I was working at those RSLs. Get out. Yeah, so I, I was never Checking paying the to be is. there. No, like I'd do. Um, the Tom Jones show, which oh. was a, which was a um, incredible bum, impersonator, bum, yeah, bum. full on, <laughs> all around the country. Whoa. I toured around with the Tom Jones impersonator, Michael Jones. He was incredible. Tom Jones apparently said he was one of the best in the world. Wow. He had this incredible voice, and um, and yeah, so I was his backup dancer. And then in the Tom Jones show, <laughs> there was uh, the Supremes, Abba. So I was Agnetha and Abba. Then I'd put on another wig and I'd be um, wow. Tina Turner. That was my favourite. I yeah. did two Tina Turner tracks. And but the, let me guess, as soon as the show is over, you're out of the gear, into the roadie stuff, lugging, putting everything in road cases and shoving in a van? I didn't do any of that. Wow. I just put on my – well, actually, no, and the costumes were there. It was a proper show. Right. So I didn't have to bring my costumes. That was all given to me. But then we would, when we were on tour, all get in the van and then travel. You know, we did – Tasmania, we travelled across Australia. Like, yeah, me, two other singers, Tom Jones, (laughs) Michael Jones, um, and uh, a bass player, guitarist, drums. Oh, wow, so a live band. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, no, it was the full, yeah. So I I was doing Friday night at the Casino RSM. Correct. (laughs) Cougars. No, like Geraldton RSL and Kalgoorlie RSL. Kalgoorlie we did. Oh, my God. Yeah, we went everywhere. Far out. So you've got that under your skin. So I have the best memories of that time in my life. Yeah. And being in a van. Being in a van. In Australia is, (laughs) it's a fucking long way between anywhere mm-hmm. and it's you it get can to, punish. It's a punish. You get to know each other. <laughs> ah, that's not my fart. In fact, I know exactly whose fart that is. Yep. Yeah. And I didn't have brothers, so that was really oh, a learning curve boy, for me. Oh, boy, oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, you would have come. But everyone got on. We had a ball. We had such a fun time. But that, what, yep. a, what an informed way to show up to uh, being in a band. You know, you you, mm. you do the audition and, like, yep. touring, you're like, I know touring. I know what a country com- I know the you know I know what country comforts like. I'm in. Like I know anything's better than that. Best Western one star wherever we went. Wherever you yep. went. <laughs> you you talk in the book and you delve into like quite a bit of the stuff business-wise that was going on which obviously we had no idea of. Mm. Things are very very different now on um any non-scripted show which is the other word we use for reality mm-hmm. around the welfare of the people that are a part of it. Mm. Uh, that really we didn't know no. that we needed to do it no. when we started. Mm. We simply didn't. No. It's an incredibly high tension moment. Yeah. And I always saw it on Australian Idol. I would see like the shock, and I see the same thing on The Bachelor or Bachelors or whatever, Bachelorette, whatever we do. 
is like you get this person, say from a bachelor, bachelorette, you're like, oh, you're the hottest person that you've ever known. You're hotter than all your friends. Um, you're the you know, good looking bloke or lady. And now suddenly you're in a room with 40 other people. <laughs> Like, you are now no different. Yeah. What do you do? Same with Idol. Like, you've been the best singer you've ever known in your entire mm -hmm. life. Everybody has always told you you're amazing. Mm. And now you've got someone telling you, actually, that person over there is better than you. Yeah, like, much better than you. And you might have never encountered no. that ever. Yeah, Because true. of the amateur nature of the way mm. this. You've never been through a casting. You've yeah. never been through an audition. Yeah. You know, so this is very big news mm. to you. And uh the emotional response to that mm -hmm. we filmed yeah. and that's why those emotional responses were, were quite big. What do you recall about those moments of those kind of like getting towards like the final 20, final 10? Yeah, well, I just, yeah, talking about the girls that didn't make it and I, I think because it was in New Idea, <laughs> I was about to say No Idea again, um, because it was in that magazine, I think there were a lot of people turned up that had no experience at all and, as you said, were singing in the shower. It didn't mean that they weren't as talented, it's just that they weren't experienced in the audition process, yeah. whereas I had done a billion auditions prior to that, but non, nothing like this where, A, it was filmed, what's reality television? I don't know. <laughs> we didn't know what it was. Um, everyone was winging it, including the production company. No one really knew what they were doing. Yeah. I, I remember, you know, it, nothing was scripted. Everything was filmed. I mean, they could have filmed a lot more, but they didn't really. It was very relaxed. Wow. <laughs> um, but they managed to get some, some, you know, juice, I guess. I mean, they we, we were never fighting or anything, but I think we got sick and we were always under the thumb, like the pressure, the, the um, schedule was just ridiculous that they had yeah. us on, working sort of five till midnight every day except oh, for Sunday right. kind of thing, you know. There was a moment you talk about um, as you're getting, and lawyers love it, Time lawyers love a bit of time pressure. Mm. It's a final 10. So it's. Yeah, they you, gave got, 10 of us contracts. What yeah. about that? Like, tell, tell me about that. Tell that about was random. That moment. They told you it was going to be yeah. a band of five mm. and it's 10. Well, 10 of us were given a contract and we're just, I'm sitting here in the room with 10, with five, you know, with nine other girls and I'm like, well, this is weird. Like, I'd never had that before. I'd been given contracts before, you know, if, if it's a part for two people they're looking for, five people, then there's five contracts. But in this yeah. case, there was 10 and it was purely a, a tactic because if you didn't sign it, they knew the contract was dud. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it was purely then if you didn't sign it, another girl would. Uh, and Were then you I given also, time to speak to a lawyer or anything? Yeah, they gave us all money to go and get a lawyer. Like we, how much? Weirdly enough, I think it was $1,000 each, which is a lot back then. Yeah, that's three hours of a lawyer's time, maybe? Yeah. Maybe? I know. I know. Weird, but yeah. And then, um, and basically it took them 10 seconds to read through it and go, are they joking? This is the contract? <laughs> what, were you, um, what, did they explain, what did the lawyer that you found explain to you? Oh, just he said, you, you, the bottom line, you know, to make this, you know, as clear as possible to you, Belinda, you won't make any money and it, and everybody else will be making money except for you. Um, but again, we didn't know that our album was going to go double platinum and that we were going to have sold out concerts across the country. We had no idea. <laughs> if we had have known that, I guess all of us would have gone, mm, maybe I'm not going to sign that. <laughs> yeah. So it's weird. So what, you were signing away performance fees you were signing away? Oh, yeah. I mean, we gigged. We were doing nightclub gigs. We were doing music festivals like Rumba. <laughs> I remember. 40,000 people. No, we didn't get paid for any of it. Mm. Well, hang on. 
there was a per diem or something. Oh, surely. yeah, per diem, yeah, which is So with, with a band, like, say, for example, Rumba, which was, uh, you know, built on the American radio show model uh, where one radio network puts on this big show. You'll see it now as the R&B Fridays or Fridays Live, they call mm-hmm. it now. That's a version of it. And it, it was run by a, a network uh, called Southern Cross Stereo, and you, something like that is interesting because it comes out of a marketing budget, I guess, of a – the mm. record company, and so you're expected to do it mm. as a, you know, this is a part of, this is like you showing yeah. up, you know, as a, at a TV mm-hmm. show. This is like, it takes the same amount of time mm. to do. But for a nightclub gig, mm. at that time of history, mm. like they were paying me, like I'd get like 1500 bucks mm-hmm. in cash to yeah. show up and scream, how you doing, Adelaide, yeah, for I know. three hours. I know. And for, but for five of you to show up and do three songs or whatever would yeah, have been do 20 a fucking grand. I know. Where did yeah. that money go? I don't know. Someone took it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I when think did you like start asking the, questions In the that? very, like, oh, we all did, but, I mean, the very, I think in the last eight months, so we were, we were working solidly for two and a half years. Yeah. And in the last sort of eight months, we got a better deal. So we managed to um, basically beg them to, you know, give us something. So they covered our living expenses. So enough money to pay rent. I remember I was living in Bronte just down the road from here and I was paying that rent with that money and just phone bills and wow. that it wasn't enough for anything else. And yeah. you're... And then I think the very end, like the last three months, we got a few checks for live gigs. Yeah, I remember that. But that that's it. Double platinum. Yeah, and the concert, the sellout concert. Sellout gigs, that's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, like what we're talking a sellout gig of how many people? I don't know, entertainment centres they were. Right, packed. so that's 10,000 yeah. people. Probably. 7,000 yeah. people average, like let's yeah. average it out. So 7,000 mm. people, I'm guessing early 2000s, people are paying 30 bucks a ticket. More than that. Let's say 40, 40 bucks a ticket. Yeah, minimum. All right. Minimum. That's nearly yeah. $3 million, $2.8 million, not yeah. counting merch. Yeah. Not, right. And the merch not was counting big. Merch. <laughs> $2.8 million bucks minus production costs. Yeah. That's a fuck ton of cash. I know. And you guys didn't get paid. No. No. <laughs> no. It's, it's criminal, <laughs> isn't it? Do you have really any, have you talked about getting, is there any recourse around that? Can you, can, like, cause. Oh, look, I don't know. I don't have the, I kind of, I've accepted it, you know, now. I'm talking about it now, obviously it's in my book, but it's, it's my distant memory, my yeah. old life, you know? So I, I don't know if I want to bring that up again. I mean, yeah, it's weird because I know I've just released this book, but yeah. would I want to go to court? And and I think um, the two men, they're getting older now and I don't know. It's just it is what it is. It was what it was. And, yeah, they, they made a lot of money from it. So, oh, yeah. I only mention it because you literally were here the other day, but uh, uh, Ben uh, Gillies was here and he, mm. he, he spoke about the – if you look at the, the bands where there's like a main songwriter mm-hmm. or, or not – um, if it's like a main creative person, the bands that split yeah. their publishing evenly, they stay together longer. Mm-hmm. They have more hits. Police. They go on more tours. You too. Yeah. You know, and like that's that's what it is. I, you know, Larry mm-hmm. Mullins, that's his you mm-hmm. know, Sunday Bloody Sunday drum riff, but everything else, like what? Yeah. You know? Yeah, but yeah. But Larry gets paid. Yeah. You know? So, you know, things like publishing or songwriting or, you know, just even performance royalties, mm-hmm. nothing. No, I think because we wrote, I think I, I wrote two songs on the second album and I think our manager at the time, he he knew that we were ending but he managed to co- 
convince them to give us a publishing deal. They were furious after because we were over. (laughs) But we all got a a decent advance for that. That was literally just before we broke up. Um, And, yeah, then I worked out the timeline of that. I'm like, ooh, that was dodgy. (laughs) So at what point point did you start to realise, ah, something's... Something's different. What was the first clue that something was different oh, in the band? That, well, obviously, um, yeah, I mean, Sophie and I were really close and there was like a distance there, like a she stopped looking at me in the eyes, for instance. That was the first yeah. thing. And But I had no idea that, that what was going on until I stumbled across the the uh, evidence, so to speak, in David Caplice's office. <laughs> mm. What was that? Oh, well, you'll have to read the book. But, uh, yeah, just there it was, Sophie's solo career planned out. Right. Mm. And And then I ran downstairs and went, where is David? Get him on the phone now. (laughs) That's a good line. Yeah. That's a good line to come down the stairs. I don't know where he is, Belinda. We'll find him. I love it. And I was really quiet. Like, I didn't speak up about a lot of things back then. I was really naive and I let a lot of things just, I would just say nothing. In yeah. in, in all sorts of situations in that band, I could have said so much more <laughs> yeah. in so at so many different meetings and just everything. And I was, but that day I was like, no, get him on the phone. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I remember he's a, I haven't seen him in a million years. Mm. He was an interesting cat. Interesting cat. He was an interesting yeah. cat. It's, mm. it's not a new story that someone from a group of more than two mm. people, like yeah. boy band or girl band is, is the one. It's not a new thing that one person will be. Of course. Will be singled out. Yeah, of course. And if you're that one person, mm. it would feel very special to be asked True. Or be told, I've often I think thought about it. it. Yeah, look, I've often thought about that, but in our instance, I just yeah, we just worked so hard, and each yeah. of us, and for that, I would never have been able to do that. Not to the, I would have yeah, if I was offered a big contract, I would have rung them all up and said, "What do you think?" I would have stayed with them right. to outsee our gigs that we had yeah. booked for the year. I just couldn't have done it. There's no way. Without the communication. Without the, no, without the communication and without lead up and doing yeah. it right and fulfilling gigs that were booked and yeah, right. and finishing promotion of the second album. And I mean, the list goes on. Right. Yeah. I can't remember who said it. It was like, it was someone, I think it might have been Hugh Jackman or it might have been someone like that. It's like, I don't get paid to do the acting. Mm. I get paid to get stared at while I do my groceries. Mm, and that's and so hearing you talk about <sighs> yeah, which is not what fun money you were getting yeah in compensation for mm-hmm. hard work, but also what happens when you go out when you're yeah. trying to date when mm-hmm. you're you know yeah. talking to your family who now suddenly think you're a squillionaire like. That. All of that psychological stuff is it's what you lot. get left with. And I think lot. it's really hard for anyone to understand unless you've been there. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. And it and it takes a certain kind of personality to handle it. And I didn't really oh. handle it too well because I suffer from anxiety. I'm quite an anxious person by nature, always have been, very sensitive. So, yeah, for me it was like, oh, this doesn't work for me. I, I, I just couldn't handle being stared at at the supermarket <laughs> or, you know, and now I still occasionally get stared at but people are like, don't know who I am. They kind of just recognise me but they don't they like trying to work it out. Are yeah. you from home and away? Are you from I tell people, we're in school together. Yeah. You know, I, I went to school with your brother. I go, no, I just must look like someone. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, <laughs> I get that a lot. You got it wrong. <laughs> I get that a lot. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah so, no, I, I do really feel for for um, for people like Hugh Jackman and where that just the, that level of fame is, mm. you know, and for you, you would find it. <sighs> your face is, you know, one of the most recognisable faces in the country. I That's, got better at it. Yeah. I got better at it. Mm. At the time, I, I I was terrible. I didn't leave the house for like days at a time. See, that's yeah, just it was, shocking. It was really bad. And, yeah. You know, that's, that's, you know, it was going to happen anyway, but it, the 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 beer blanket that I needed to mm-hmm. wear before I left my front door mm-hmm. to go out uh, started shocking. getting thicker and thicker. Wow. Well, yeah, it is what you it know, is. I'd, I'd like to think I'm a special snowflake, Belinda, but it turns out uh, I'm not. Mm. And it's just the same shit, same story that happens to everybody <laughs> who yeah. doesn't come into the a gig like that without the coping mechanisms or the mm-hmm. support or the skills. Um, yeah. And this is a pre it's, – it's less so now, I think. It feels less now, way less now because of the availability of people. Like mm. you literally have Dua Lipa in your pocket yeah. telling you about her smoothie. Yeah. So you don't need to <gasps> – when no. you see her, you're like, oh, there she is. Yeah. I saw her today. Yeah. You don't feel mm-hmm. that sudden rush of no. here they are. Yeah, of course. But in the time where you guys were rising to prominence, it was very proto-internet, if anything, mm-hmm. there might have been a fan forum and that's maybe it. <laughs> um, rumours about um, the band would have had to be amplified by traditional press. It was very difficult to new have, idea, a, have a Women's Day, have yeah, a, 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 a rumour amplified mm-hmm. without anything else, which happens now, mm-hmm. um, which then gets picked up on because it's mm-hmm. well, it's getting traction. We should, yeah, you know, rumours of uh, Twitter users are accu- accusing Belinda of this. You yeah. know, it's it's not re- none of it's real. <laughs> no, but. Yeah. It's a very different time yeah. Time to do it. So totally. What, I, I noticed watching that, to go back to that thing that we were talking about, your final gig, mm. like Sophie didn't say anything. No. She doesn't say a thing. No. Was there a conversation before you guys came on? Mm-mm. Or after. She had people around her right. at that stage. So we felt like we couldn't really talk to her. Like it, wow. they had a wall of protection. Not that, not that I mean, I'm certainly not a... Um, a hostile person at all by nature, so I would never have come at her. It just would have been a conversation, you know, just like a breaking up with, I mean, being in a band is like being married without the sex. It really is. And so just a conversation about the divorce. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that it might have helped yeah. with the processing of it yeah. mentally, yeah. Yeah. I, but that wasn't given up to us as an option. Yeah. And they, they really... I think they were worried about what was going to happen, and some girls like Tiffany. She's a lot more was a lot more outspoken than I was. I, I think probably now I'm just as outspoken as she would be. But I was quite shy, and 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 I think they were worried about what was you know who, what was going to happen. <laughs> but uh, 
I think also some of the girls were really keen on having a really big solo career. So whereas I was always like, no, what we've got is really special. We should stay together. It's really hard, a solo career, you know. And as it's proven, you know, no one's come close to what, out of the girls, you know, no one came close to what we did. And there's yeah. nothing better than a four-part harmony and four is better than one. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, well, yeah. not always, but I think in our instance, I think for whatever reason, the chemistry was there and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Freddie Mercury made two solo albums. Yeah. You can't, no one can name no, no, one no. song. No. I can name one song because it was used as an Olympic song. <laughs> That's the only sign I can name. I can't name any. Yeah. I have no idea. I can name 10 yeah. Queen songs. <laughs> I think George Michael, though, let's talk about yeah. him. But then that was very different because yeah. they weren't sort of even from, I mean, they were, their faces were the front mm. of mates. the band. <laughs> and they yeah. mates. But they had different roles and yeah. and Michael was the writer and there was yeah. only two of them, just different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what an incredible talent. But wow. yeah, they are George the real Michael. anomalies. They are yeah. true, true, true. Uh, true I loved that documentary. Yeah. That's fantastic. That, yeah, look, for what it's worth, mm. I've had cause to work with Sophie a number of times. Yeah, yeah. A number of times over the years. She's extraordinarily professional. Yeah, it of course she unbelievably, is. Yeah. unbelievably hard. She's a hard worker, and 100%. you don't accidentally, you don't still get employed. No, 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 no. By accident. She did not get there by accident. She works, She's a talented works a, person. She works her yeah. Ass off. Um, and... I'm sure that was always there mm. and in the maelstrom of whatever. I'm not. I'm just, yeah, no, no, no. It's I can only imagine what was going on. Mm. Like what a strange thing. Like I've been living in, literally living with these other people mm. for the last time in my life mm. and now there's people standing between me and them mm. for our last ever show mm. and they won't let me talk to them and I won't. That, I yeah, I mean, I wasn't. Yeah. It wouldn't say it was that. You know, wouldn't let the, the, them. But kind of there unspoken, was the energy yeah. was very much that. Yeah, it yeah. It would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been odd. And she was very young as well at yes. the time. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, yeah, she was what twenty one or something. Having yeah. a look back now, I mean, there's obviously many things we can look at very differently now. Mm. But when it comes to you know your five beautiful, you know. Women and this, you know, your, your sexualities were very most most mm. definitely uh, amplified mm. in FHM magazine and Ralph. Ralph, <laughs> but that was the, you know, that's, Ralph, that's the deal. So. You know, yeah, to totally. be a pop star mm-hmm. after MTV, mm. you had to be hot. Yeah, you yeah, know? there was a little Christopher bit of Cross that, huh? made amazing songs, but mm. Christopher Cross is. If in my money, he's probably, I don't know, 120 kilos and mm. wears footy jerseys on stage. Yeah. He's not hot at all. No. But right like the wind's a fucking banger. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, sailing, take me away. <laughs> fucking great. You look at him and you're like, bro. <laughs> no, you got to be hot. Phil Collins, I don't know, this is maybe the last of the not hot mm-hmm. pop stars, right? No, it's so true. So, That's sort you, of... you're young and you're hot. You've, you're <clears> five women. You have already been rendered... Like the the power imbalance in the the deal alone mm. blows my mind. Mm. Looking back now, when you think about some things that went on, mm. how do you feel about? I guess have we come a long way? Are you happy with how far we've come and the way women have been treated in, in this gig? Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think yeah, it's definitely changed, but it hasn't changed a lot. 
Yeah. From what I can see, and I also know that those contracts haven't changed a lot either in the reality television world. I have a friend that was offered to do, so I won't say which one it was because I don't know 100% which a one it was. A singing show. A singing show. And, yeah, and the contract was the same thing, come and work, for, you know, be on the show, be really you're a paid actor at the end of the day and right. and uh, work on the show until you win or don't win and get paid hardly anything, you know what I mean, while everybody else is, I don't know, it's weird. Wow. It's a weird concept. So when you, th- when you think about, you know, and I know you do, you know, f- however comfortable you might be to describe it, mm. were there moments that you could talk about which would never happen now around the way that a young woman is treated in, in that instance? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think yes, but no. I think it's still pretty much the same. I, no, like, like, you did, like you, you go to gym every day was one of the things that really struck me. Like it's in your yeah, schedule. You have to go to gym every correct. day, and your size, but, your shape, your weight is a factor yeah, in this. Yeah. So in the contract, it said you can't change your appearance, which is basically I questioned the lawyer, and he's like, "Yeah, so you can't put on weight. You can't, you know." So yeah, that was in there. I don't know. Would that be in a contract today? Maybe it would. I mean, I'd imagine it would in Korea in those girl bands, the K-pop right. scene. Yeah. I'd imagine that's big. Yeah. I, I would have absolutely no doubt that there's not a whole page dedicated to appearance in the. Right. And I don't know, but I just imagine because I know how those K-pop factories mm. are run. I really Did, don't know. I, I haven't seen any contracts to as go a, on. Yeah. As someone who grew up as a dancer, mm. you're often wearing things that leave nothing to the imagination. Mm-hmm. And, but look, if you're dancing enough, you can eat whatever you want. Right. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. Though surely at some point the the pressure to yes. be a certain aesthetic yeah. started to get – when you're oh, that busy. Yeah. So what I was going to say is they did put us that gym into the, the schedule in the early, early days – but then when the cameras went around, there was no schedule for us to go to the gym. But we were all there. <laughs> Let me tell you, 5 a.m., even after a long flight, I remember Sophie and I just plugging away, like just at, on those treadmills, just running off anything we'd eaten. You know, like that That was the the vibe. And it's. I think it's just so sad because we, we didn't need to be doing that and we were so tired from the workload. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, the the pressure for me, I, I ended up with an eating disorder during my time in Bardo, and that was mainly because of the lack. I don't know if you've done any research into the psychology behind eating disorders, but it's not always about the calories, and it's not always about uh, how you look. Um, but yes, for me, it was a combo of I had no control in my life and my eating disorder is all about control um, and and hence the reason I was a really scared flyer back in those days because I was not flying the plane myself. I had to trust this guy and trust all the people that put all the nuts and bolts and the steel together and put the seats in and, <laughs> you know, so that was my thing. And, and yet I'm not a control freak at all in real life. Like you can ask my husband that, I'm not at all, but yet I am in my in my anxious way, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's complex, and yeah. So for me, it was it was really tough, and it was a combo of yeah. Today you're not wearing much. Today you're going to go and do an FHM shoot. We're putting you in pretty much nothing, um, and also the 2000 fashion, which was like the lowest low, low, low denim hipster pants you've ever seen in your life, and then just oh, a little keeny top as well. And you know, you wanted abs. You wanted to look 
Yeah. You know, you didn't want to, you just wanted to look a certain way. And I love Kate Moss, so I was all like, I want my body to look exactly like hers. And so, yeah, I went down that path. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it just wasn't healthy. With my eating disorder, you don't necessarily lose weight from it because I didn't have anorexia. Um, but it was it was sad and tough, and I didn't really get any help for it because there wasn't so much talk about mental health back then right. at all. And my parents were old school. You don't talk about it. Oy. You'll be you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You know. And yet my sister was putting up a hand, going, "No, she's not fine. Yeah. This isn't good enough. That we have to help her." And blah blah blah. But what did tre- it, what did treatment eventually look like? I treated myself. I read everything. Uh, You know, I didn't have the money after Bardo to go and spend $350 for sessions with psychologists, and which was a fortune, you know. I could barely pay the rent. So I did my own therapy and I read everything and I got myself back. I can only approach this from a place of someone who Mm -hmm. did not want to accept that I Mm -hmm. had an alcohol and drug problem Mm -hmm. until the pain of that problem mm. became far greater than mm-hmm. the fear of doing anything about it. Yep, 100%. And I had to wait for that. And so, therefore, when it came, yeah, when a solution was offered, it was like, yeah. sure, I'll do anything. I'll do no. anything that isn't that. Yeah, so for me, it was the sadness. Right. I just felt so sad that I was doing it. But then I, I got through it and I, I never did it again. Just a moment away from Belinda to let you know that, A, you can get her book. It's called The Girl in the Band. Go get it. It's good. You can also email B. You can email me, send us your email at gmail.com. What are you looking at right now? Whip out your phone. Take a photo of it. Not if you're driving. Come on. Uh, um, but, yeah, I always love to see what you're looking at. And uh, we do have a listener survey as well because it's very important that I understand what it is that you want out of this show, what you get out of this show because... I feel we've got a pretty good relationship. You can tell me what you need, what you want, what I'm getting right, what I'm not getting right. I just want to make a good show for you. We're back in a moment with more from Belinda Chapel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. In my, in my super secret sober club, there's a thing called a geographic where you think, mm. ah, the problem isn't me. The problem is that I live here. I'm going to go there. Mm-hmm. I spent 10 years in America thinking mm. that would be. Then know, that's, and there was relief. 
without the staring mm-hmm. and stuff like yep. that. You you left Australia. Yeah, I I didn't leave to go and make it big in the industry, let me tell you. I went actually my first trip overseas was to live well to to live, not my first trip overseas, but when I left the country to live in another country. Um, it was because I got offered a contract um, working in production at Universal Studios in Singapore. So I was working in talent management, show production, that kind of thing. Oh. So I, I, I loved that side of the industry and my time in the industry just as much as being in front of the camera. Wow. So How long were you there? Uh, Ten years on and off. Wow. Yeah. What um, was that like? Interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful place. People think Sing- Singapore's just the MBS, the Marina Bay Sands with the fancy pool and it's soulless, but there's so much culture there and diversity and it's a cool place if you, and the art scene is big. Truly, it truly is the crossroads of the world. Mm, that's what I love. I love that is. I would go out on a Friday night and sit in a bar and I'd meet a French guy, a British girl, you know, someone from Sri Lanka, someone from Philippines, and that's what I loved about. And just their mindset was so different to Australians. And I I can't generalise all Australians, but it just felt very refreshing. Oh, at the time, yeah. I absolutely agree. It's very different now. Yeah. Um, particularly around people who are trying to create something. Mm-hmm, for sure, uh, yeah. Out of their lane mm-hmm. or out of their station. But certainly at that time. Mm. I, I found it, when I lived in America, I found it extraordinary. I was like, oh, wow, you actually are excited that I'm giving something a go. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah. <laughs> again, I was self-selecting because I was living in the city of Los Angeles, which mm. is everyone from around the world who was also me yes. is also there. So everyone's yeah. there for reasons. Mm-hmm. Similarly, in, in Singapore. Mm. What is it like to show up? Because I, I know what it was like for me, but I'm interested in what it's like for you. Mm. When you show up and you're suddenly like, okay, maybe some Australians might have an idea of who I am, mm. but people generally are like, Oh, hey, my name's Simon and mm. I, I'm from accounts and I'm here to help you do this. Mm-hmm. Great. Simon from accounts is here to help me do this. Let's go. Mm. And you just believe that that's what they say and that's what's real. And Simon, I mean, I did that. I just like, hi, my name's Osha from Australia. Hi, Osha. Mm-hmm. Great. I cr- created an entire new version of me that was mm-hmm. didn't drink or use and yeah. went about the world in a very different way. And that's how treated, people treated me. And eventually that whoever came. Um, what was it like for you to be able to have that moment of recreation, I guess? Uh, yeah, it was just refreshing, really. And, I, uh, yeah, even though Sing- in Singapore, um, Bardo was quite big. We had, like, gold and platinum singles and a gold album and, yeah. So, um, and we had, I remember when we went our first time to Singapore, we had, like, a sea of people lining up down Orchard Road to get our autograph so I was a little bit worried when I first went there. I was like, oh, but no, no one recognised me. Fame is so fickle. You know, isn't it funny how I probably passed all those girls that were screaming my name at the at Changi Airport right. with a sign because there was hundreds waiting for us wow. when we arrived and then they followed us and I probably walked past those people my whole time in Singapore and <laughs> and they didn't even recognise me, which is great. I mean, it was great for me, but it's just funny, that whole idea of fame, like that, yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, but no, it was um, it was great, and and yeah, I um, I just had a normal life. Mm. Being in talent management, did you go look? I know it's like to be on the bad end of a deal, <laughs> so I'm going to try to. <laughs> I'm all, I was always that, and even when I would put together my shows and productions and things and hire dancers, I would always just bump up that cost a little bit more, give them more, pay them really early. <laughs> That's me, you know, just uh, to yeah. 
And when you saw the young women who were you mm. auditioning for the Tom mm -hmm. Jones version of you, that mm. is, what are some things, when you cast them, what, mm. what are some things that you would say to them? Uh, not much, to be honest. No? I think, no, I didn't want to go down my, just because I had a horrific, you no, know, as experience. Far as, like, but as far as any advice or guidance you would have for these young women? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I would. If they would, yeah, ask questions, yeah. I would say, you know, don't don't take yourself too seriously. Don't be hard on yourself. Love yourself more. Be kind to your body. <laughs> be kind to yourself, you know. Um, try and be aware of unhealthy patterns mentally, you know, because it's a, a job that can create eating disorders um, and weird body dysmorphia and, and all of that. You look at yourself on television or you look at yourself on stage and you're like, oh, I don't like how my nose looks. I don't like how, you know, the list goes on. So, yeah, I would just try and give them antidotes, you know, like just um, positive affirmations that to be aware of it because when I was young, I didn't, I wasn't aware of it at all, the voice in my head, what I was telling myself, you know. When you saw someone who had, you know what, You've got a little extra thing. <laughs> Would you point them out and say, come on, have a chat with me? You know, you could really go far with this if you do this and this and this. Not really. No? no, no. But I would always, yeah, definitely say if I thought someone was really talented and, yeah, give them lots of compliments. Wow. Because I think in this industry that doesn't happen a lot. So I would go, as I said, I'd give them more money, pay them really early and give them lots of compliments because I knew that when they left this door, people are probably going to be putting them down <laughs> you wow. know, in the industry. That's that's my experience, yeah. It's such, a, it's such an old school way of getting what you need out of a performer mm. to yell at them. <laughs> yeah, true, <laughs> true, yeah. It's very, it's very different now. Mm. I, I, in the very kind of tail end of, of shouty directors, I did a TVC with a shouty director once. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, they had extra standing out in the sun for like four hours. And someone said, we're going to have to break them. He's like, they can wait. Yeah. Was this in the 90s? No. No? No, no, no. Okay. And I was like, I don't know if you could really treat people like that. Mm. You certainly couldn't do it now. No. You certainly couldn't do it now. No, you know, interesting. That audio of you saying that will find its way into the public. Right. <laughs> that as well. But it's also like no one needs to be a dickhead. No. There's, no, there's none of that. There's no, 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 life's too short to be when, a dickhead. When it comes to <laughs> life, like, I, I, no, there's no no time for that. No. A, a van is a very closed space, a very tiny space, mm. and you cannot, you have got to have no dickheads. It's uh, very hard. What if there the is one, though? What do you do about that? <laughs> I've can, had that situation. <laughs> yeah, you can have a chat about it. What you can be honest one? about it. You can be there's like, always look, one to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> you can be like, listen, man, we're professionals. Mm. We're like three more weeks of this. Yeah. Do you think you might be able to get a handle on that? Mm. You know, and if you can't, that's fine. Mm. But, you know, I'll find ways to get around it. Mm. But just trying to, you know, understand the, the thing, mm. it's not great. You know? <laughs> not good. Not great. We don't not always, we, you don't have to buy Swank magazine at every truck stop. It's <laughs> making some of the other people on the team feel uncomfortable. All right. Yeah. You can maybe figure that out, please, buddy, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that. You've mm. got to grow in our conversations. Communication. Mm. Mm. Oh, no, about. but when you're young, you don't have no. those skill sets. Well, I didn't. No, mm. I, but I, I have a lot of hope because I see G, she's, who's 19, and she is extraordinary. She is fearlessly able to have great boundaries and communicate. Mm -hmm. and I had none of that. I was bumping into things, you know, literally drinking my entire paycheck that I had in oh cash. Oh, God, I, was I can't believe that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really weird. You know, I it's 
you never really know someone. Like I know that we never really sat down and chat, chatted, did we? We never did back in no the day. Time. Yeah, we're you were always right. just hosting. I was turning up on a bus waving at you from a distance and you were going, here's Bardo. We only ever saw each other on a live television <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, true. You know, and, and yeah. that's, there's no but time I for anything. I would never have thought that you, I just, I always thought you were a strong, normal, like of all the people that I met in the industry, right. I always thought that you were like I would never have thought, not that normal if you're drinking doesn't mean you're not normal. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying I just would never have picked that at all. Those, I thought you were happy and healthy and, you know. Well, those moments that, what is anxiety? This is how I describe it. It's not the first time people might have heard me say this before. It's um, anxiety for me is a no control, all right? Mm. When am I more in control than when I'm on live television? Yeah, right. I know what I'm going to say. I know exactly. If I get to say what happens next. I can, yeah. On that show, that's I interesting. D- decide what's happening next. Mm. You know, like I know we want to play a song here, but this thing is way more exciting. We're going to go with this. That's what we're doing that's now. That's interesting. And know exactly where I'm going to be, where I'm going to be, how I'm going to be, who's going to say what. Mm. <sighs> wow. 7 p.m. shows off there. I find that. <laughs> I find that fascinating because I Mm. struggle with anxiety, but that is my worst. Live television, always hated it. I love singing and dancing on live television, but if it's an interview, I was Mm. always not in my... I always used to think what you guys did was unbelievable. Really? Yeah. I used Mm. to always look up to what you guys did and go, wow, you guys are... Wow. Yeah, because that's my version of anxiety, your job. How weird is that? It's just flight miles. (laughs) It's just just flight miles. Mm. That's all it is. Mm. And it's just time. I was, you know... But I got to be shit at between midnight and 6am on radio from the age of 20 for five years before yeah, I was right. ever on television. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say I wanted to ask you what, how you yeah, started. I was a roadie before that and then I worked at radio. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I've done my time on, my, on the, the road. I love that. That's why I'm, I'm not wearing my hearing aids now, but okay. I normally after, I am needing them. Yeah. I, Soon, I think. My I, husband's always like, your left ear, honey. Oh, yeah. IFBs. Yeah. Gone. Because, because of, of the the pub gigs I used to do with yeah. the sound yeah, and the yeah. bass player and, oh, my God, yeah. and the drums, so loud. <laughs> when, you know, you said you're back in the studio uh, for a passion project, mm. what, would you, what would you say to someone who's listening or watching who, you know, here's a thing that you haven't done for a long time, but there was a part of it that you truly, truly, truly loved. Mm. It got poisoned with some pretty gnarly stuff. Sorry I didn't mean that pun, but it was a really good one. <laughs> was a really good one. I should have claimed it. It was um, a good one. It was a really good one. <laughs> it, it got, you know, it, it left a bit of taste in your mouth. Oh, yeah. But to go back to it mm. and go and to do something again just because you love it, mm. what would you say to people thinking about even considering that? Oh, gosh, so much. Where do I start? Um, yeah, I think the first thing I would say would be make sure or try and and think about the psychological side of it before you throw yourself into it because so many talented singers, artists, whether they be songwriters, you know, singers, whatever, um, are quite often artistic souls and with that comes sensitivity and anxiety and things like that I I hear. Artists, a lot of artists suffer from that. Um, So, yeah, I would just... Be sure that you definitely want it and then I would say get a lot of help around you if you're going to do it and don't just throw yourself into it willy-nilly, if that makes sense. So treat it like a clever, like like a business with 
like you are a business and you've got a support around you. So you've got a psychologist or a counsellor or someone you can talk to regularly. Um, you know, you've got that healthy mindset around the work that you're doing and because you are the product. <laughs> and the idea of, and this is, I guess, the thing that I would notice on Idol and then I found it in myself. Yeah. Everything will be awesome once I get on TV. Mm. Every, all my pro- everything will go away. Wow, I find that fascinating. Every, every, yeah. If only I was famous, this wouldn't be the problem. Well, we all know that's not true. <laughs> fame is not, ladies and gents, fame is not what it promises. <laughs> is it? You have to do it. <laughs> but you have to do it because you love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You have to do it because it's something that you can't not I do. had no choice back then. I, honestly, people say, oh, you know, did, is this what you always wanted to do? Yeah, I had literally felt like I had no choice. This was what I was meant to do. But, yeah, I just don't know if I had the per- right personality for it to handle it in its entirety, if that makes sense. Well, it was, it was mm. a colossal thing yeah. to undertake and the, the skills required to handle what was happening. Mm. I'd imagine the management is far more supportive around artists uh, mm. in recent times. You'd hope so. Yeah, mm. because that's the product. <laughs> you want to look after the product. You can't You can't go on tour with a band that's falling apart. No, that's you, right. You, you can't get... You, you you've only got it's only so many times you can take someone with a full face of makeup from tears to stage in not no, enough time. No, but we didn't have that. Right. You know, we really didn't. That's why it was such a shock. Right. There was no tears. We mm. were having fun, and we right. all, considering we were all from really different backgrounds, and we were thrown into a living situation every day yeah. <laughs> with uh, three, five total strangers, which is what we were. I think we did really well, mm. um, and people want to hear, oh, you know. And I think they think that my book is going to be like really right. juicy and there's going to be all these cat fights. and But there wasn't. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. There are a few moments where it was like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. But on a whole, we had a ball most of the time. Um, it was so, great. Yeah. It was a beautiful time. And yeah. I'm sorry that the some of the memories are really hard for you. Yeah, but there's lots of positive ones as well, you know. But yeah, yeah. Those, those songs, I was saying before, those songs are a key to huge moments of my life. Yeah, that's cool. Cause, well, that's, yeah. And that's what gets unlocked when mm. I hear them. Yeah. And, you know. Memories. Sorry, Memories. I can't remember the last time we saw each <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I can't remember the last gig. But I definitely remember us standing in a gigantic field in Dubbo or something. Dubbo, yeah. And <laughs> Tiffany running back. So is there a hairdryer? Is there hair and makeup? No, there isn't. We are standing in a field in the bush. <laughs> Would you like my hat? <laughs> she wore my cowboy hat on stage because she didn't have someone to do her hair. Oh, God. She must, you guys must have got told that there was hair Look, and makeup we, all day or Honestly, we, we mostly did our own hair and makeup. Wow. Yeah, so that's why I'm surprised that she was asking for it because uh, gigs like that, we take out little trusty makeup kits and we do it ourselves. Dance, they were the old days. Dance kids know what they're doing. Right? We really <laughs> were. It was that old school, yeah. You've got to. Yeah, I'm, now I'm so, hair and makeup travels with everyone everywhere, you know. Uh, you, uh, quite they, often, yeah. People could film themselves making money off the products they use before they go on stage now. So they're That's true motivated as well, to do it. right? Yeah, it's a the different business model has changed. Business it's model's a different, changed. different world. Uh, it's been lovely having you come to visit. Cool. Thanks for coming. My pleasure. You feel all right? Yeah, feel great. Thank yeah. you for being a part of it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. 
And that was Belinda Chapel. The book is called The Girl in the Band. Get it where you get your books. Enjoy watching old Bardo videos. I certainly did. <laughs> it's really cool. Big thanks to everyone that helped me make the show today. Andy Marr on audio and video post. Abby Benno who produced the episode. Toe Hider who made all the music. He's currently doing 12 EPs and 12 months again on Patreon. I love that guy, and he is just a profoundly prophetic human being, and he's super cool. Thank you, Toe Hider. And, of course, Ben Richardson, uh, who's uh, my business partner in this new adventure that he and I are on. Thanks for listening. I'll see you Wednesday. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.